This show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about the show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. It's the Undercard. Bringing you the best in hand combat coverage with feature interviews, major events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. And now, here they are, always in your corner, Brad, Marv, and Jimmy. Welcome. Episode 222, and it's the undercard. It's Fight Week, and this show is brought to you um, by Impact Fight League. It's going down February 4th, 7 o'clock. Tickets are still available at Ticketmaster.com, OlympiaEntertainment.com, and you'll notice there's a theme in the beginning of the show in which we're talking a lot about the event going on at the Joe Louis Arena. Now, a couple things about this really quick. Uh, bad week for Michigan MMA, uh, and we're, we're not 100% in like you know the local scene. We cover a lot nationally. So there's shows that we don't know about, you know, or haven't followed or never been to. But apparently a show in Jackson didn't go 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 over. Didn't happen. Oh, yeah. And it, it just it, my whole feed has been just like anger. So so what I am saying is put faith back into Michigan MMA because Joseph Donofrio has always come through, has always delivered a huge show. Um so I can guarantee you this show is happening February fourth. So and you should be there. What? What do you? You said a show in I know nothing Jackson about didn't it. happen. Like what is? I, they they, I, they I, couldn't get enough fighters to okay. make it go. I, right. And I don't even know if that's the truth. Okay. So like I don't want to comment on stuff I don't know about. Well, that was what because um, I I knew somebody that was trying to get fighters for it, and then when. I saw the post that it was canceled. It was basically because they couldn't get the fighters, or they had too many back. Well, okay, or was like a that. show was a show that was supposed to happen in, in Jackson canceled. Correct. We yes. know that for a fact. Yes. Correct. And we people, just, we're, people just, were angry on. Okay. Facebook. All right. We just don't have a. We just don't right. know why. Josh Parisian, good friend, of the show. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be the the main event. So I do feel bad for people that yeah. cut weight. I mm-hmm. guess he cut sixteen pounds the day of. But I don't know the circumstances, nor do I know the promoter, nor do I know the situation. So. I'm not going to comment on it, but what I'm going to say is there was a lot of anger for four days on my Facebook feed. And I'm saying, just smile a little bit, come out on Friday to the weigh-ins, and then on Saturday come to Joe Lewis and remember what you liked about Michigan MMA again. So that's all I'm what saying. Was, what was the it's anger about? I don't. Well, people were mad. I mean, if you sold tickets. I know, but I mean. your ticket money back. I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying, come sunshine, ray of hope. I will lead you to good promoters. <laughs> you know, people that are, you know, good. You know, just follow the undercard and where we're at, you know, that's where to be. So Bataglia's got a show coming up uh a little later, uh in mid month, February. 18th. And yeah. Yeah. Follow us at to the good the shows. Suburban show cl- show place. Yep. Follow us to the good shows, follow us to the good promoters. That's all I'll say. So let's move on. Really quickly. It's so cryptic. I know. It, it, but but all will be right with the world. Yeah, exactly. But have, have break. but have you noticed I've been writing for bigger publications now, and now I realize I can be in a lot of trouble when I say stuff. So I'm like, okay, I don't know the facts. 
So, you know, here we go. Uh, I'm just saying. Have you, have you watched news lately? Like facts. Yeah. Oh, I know. Fake news yeah. is a big thing. precisely. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Just, just this way you're going to do. You're going to say what you think happened and then you're going to call it an alternate fact. What was yeah, the guy? Yeah, somebody the, calls you out and is like, that's yeah, not true. You're well, like, it's just an alternate fact. I was using alternate facts. What was the right. guy that uh, said he was there and then got fired? Brian Williams, right? Brian yes, Williams. Yes, yes. Okay, so here, here we go, some fake news. I was in Jackson on Saturday, <laughs> and much to my surprise when I went up for the media credentials, it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. There you go. There we go. We, now, Brian, I, I, was there. I have there a few it times. on. I have it on good authority that you were not there. The fact is, you were not there. <laughs> Alternate facts. This is when you say, oh, well, I'm using alternate facts. Right. I'm using alternate facts. Yeah. Why do I sound like I'm talking into a Kleenex? Uh, I take the Kleenex off your mouth. I okay. Didn't... All right. Whatever. <laughs> you sound fine. Uh, later on in the show, we're going to talk Frampton, Santa Cruz, which um, delivered. We said it would. Uh, there's few things that are that predictable as a delivery. I knew it was going to be fight of the year probably. It already happened. It was absolutely fantastic, and um, we'll talk about it later. I mean, I want to break down a lot of it. The third fight's going to happen in Belfast, which is absolutely cool because uh, Leo Santa Cruz said, if there is a third fight, I will go fight Frampton in uh, Belfast. And uh, Leo Santa Cruz had amazing strategy, stuck with it. It was a strategy that still made a good fight, though, um, but he didn't let Frampton kind of develop a rhythm, kept, I mean, just firing jabs. It was just a great fight. I mean, it make, it makes me like boxing a lot. I mean, it was just, you know. Was there any knockdowns that you were anticipating? No, no knockdowns. I thought there was, I thought one would go down. I knew it would go to decision and I don't want to brag, but, uh, Kid Vegas went six and one. And then not only did we go six and one, we went some underdogs there too. Like we weren't oh. picking like easy crap. Wow. We went against Cowboy and UFC. Which paid out really good. Leo Santa Cruz was a uh, plus one forty three, one forty six uh, underdog. So, like I said, if you bet the whole card, and then you know what, I'm gonna say this, okay? We we should have gone perfect, okay? And the reason we didn't go perfect is Bobby Nash was fighting on UFC, and there's some fighters in Michigan that think that my picking them adds to good luck. I like Bobby Nash. So it wouldn't have been a fight I typically would pick. It was down on the card. Um, I picked Bobby Nash to win. Didn't know much about his opponent, but I, I just kind of like, hey, go Bobby Nash. But the fight that I was going to pick in replacement, we would have went 7-0. and But uh, Nash did absolutely great. Got clipped, got caught. Um, but... Dana White said that he was going to probably give them a fight bonus because it was a good fight. Um, you know, he's going to be in the UFC for a little bit. He he did enough to stay in there for a little bit. So congratulations to Bobby Nash. But um, we would have went 7-0. The other, you know, I, I threw Nash on there last second just to try to give him some Michigan love. Um, backfired. But, you know, that's where we're at. So we have our first guest is going to be Joseph Donofrio. He is known as the fight boss. Not only is he known as the fight boss, but he knows uh, as much, you know, more about boxing and MMA than most people have forgotten. So he is absolutely a good person to talk to with what's going on in Michigan MMA. Plus, we're going to talk about the last time MMA is happening at Joe Louis Arena. To the left of me, past the ring girl, we actually have one of the combatants in the main event. 
very polite gentleman. We're going to be introducing him after Joseph Donofrio. And we're, you know, it's fight week. I get excited for this. A little busy, but it's fight, <laughs> it's fight week. I get excited for it. Uh, so we're going to go to a really quick song break because I do need my phone. And then we're going to have Joseph Donofrio, the fight boss, on the other side of our first quick song break. You're listening to The Undercard, Hand Combat Radio. When I was six years old, I broke my leg. And I was running from my brother and his friends. And tasted the sweet perfume of the mountain grass I rolled down. When I was younger then, take me back to when I found my heart. Broke it, hit made friends and lost them through the years And I've not seen the boring fields in so long I know I've grown, but I can't wait to go home Fifteen years old and smoking and rolled cigarettes Running from law through the backfields and getting drunk with my friends Had my first kiss on a Friday night I don't reckon that I did it right But I was younger then Take me back to when we found Weekend jobs and when we got paid We'd buy cheap spirits and drink them straight Me and my friends have not thrown up in so long Oh how we've grown But I can't wait to go home sell clothes one works down by the coast one had two kids but lives alone one's brother overdosed one's already on a second wife one's just barely getting by but these people raised me and I can't wait to go home and I'm on my way 
Welcome back to the undercard. Actually, Joseph Donofrio will be joining us at about the 7.30 mark. So in the meantime, we have Ken Wolfmack. He is the main event. And uh, Rochelle, give us a little background on Ken. Uh, Hold on. That's in my That's phone. That's what I like to well, do. You... Jimmy will tell you. I spring it on you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I hate you for Nine that. and four. Correct. Um, fights out of Stars and Stripes. Um, see what else. Remember, um, where's my messenger? Uh, lightweight. Yeah. But you have fought in two other weights. That's correct. Um, let's see here. Uh, you hold the belt, um, for welterweight at Rage Cage promotion. That's correct. And you've been fighting for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And my, my favorite tidbit is that, uh, you dance on the side, and you cook. I do both, and I clean. <laughs> <laughs> He's a catch. All right, Ken, thanks for joining us. He uh, also invented those plastic tips that go on the end of shoelaces. Oh. <laughs> Alternate facts, sorry. Alternate yes. facts. Yeah. Okay. So let's just get this uh, out of the way. You are going to be the last MMA main event at Joe Louis Arena, named after one of the greatest fighters of all time, top five boxers of all time. Uh, a stadium that was built um, to house the Red Wings and the Pistons at the uh, time, too. But um, so much history in that building. And come Saturday, you're the main event. How cool? It's it's amazing to me, um, considering it's in my hometown. You know, I'm originated from the east side of Detroit. So it's it's a blessing that the fact that whatever happened to the original main event that dropped out, that they asked us, me and Floyd to be a main event. And uh, it shocked me. You know, I was always excited just to know that I will be that last fighter to ever fight there. Uh, tell us a little bit about your opponent, what makes him dangerous, and uh, why why this main event's a must-see. Well, it's a must-see because uh majority of my fights, you know, it's a show. You know, I get the crowd involved, and it's not just rolling around the ground or holding each other. You know, we're banging. And uh, for what I know about this guy, he likes to do jujitsu more than anything. Um, I haven't seen him stand up to do any type of boxing or kickboxing whatsoever. But I give him the benefit of doubt that his jujitsu is pretty solid. And for me, I am more of a kickboxer. So, of course, I want to bang. And uh, you're going to see a lot of possibly him trying to take me down. I'm just going to stop it and just punch him right in the face. <laughs> All right. Uh, who the best was at that was John Jones. Uh, how, how good are you at avoiding takedowns and sprawling? And um, how difficult are you to get off the your feet? 
Um, I'm pretty good. You know, I'm not saying that I'm the best, but I'm real rounded to the fact to where I can handle myself to where I can stop the takedown. So percentage wise out of 175. Not bad. Not bad. Now, um, obviously you already said you want to keep uh, it on the, on the feet. Um, you work out of stars and uh, strikes. Yep. Stars and strikes. Uh, and that's a very well-rounded gym. Would you say that over the four years that your jujitsu's pretty good, or what, 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 what ranking or rating would you give it? I would say I give myself at least a blue belt. Um, I haven't ranked it myself, but I have improved a lot since I began, and I've uh, got the greatest teachers from Mike Mayner, Brent Taylor, those guys. They helped me out tremendously. You know, Mike Maynard is a brown belt. The rest of the guys are purple belts. And, uh, of course, my coach, James Benito, you know, he's helping all the fighters there improve day by day, you know, on the ground or on the feet. So uh, last week we had uh, Juju Eau on, and hopefully she'll be on the card. They're trying to find her opponent. Mm -hmm. But she also came from dance, and – the flexibility from dance, she said, helped her out with martial arts. You have a dance background, which makes Rochelle very happy. Um, <laughs> no, it's, 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 but exactly you're also a kickboxer. So, I mean, did that help with the developing uh, flexibility to be a kickboxer? It did. Uh, it also helped with balance, too. You know, just the ability to move around and not fall. And uh, with dancing, it gets you moving to pivot to uh, have that flexibility, like you said, just to kick high and I'm not saying jump around, but more moving quickly. <laughs> See, the what used to happen, Jimmy, is like people started going around wrestling like universities to find a good wrestler. And they're like, well, we can teach them the rest, jujitsu and striking. Now, our last two guests that were in the studio, they're going to be around dance studios and go, but very flexible. Right, to start right. There. Yeah, exactly. You know, he looks like a fighter. Let's get him out of dancing. Well, it's not in. just flexibility. It's also like you say, coordination. Well, in coordination, but also strength in that flexibility, too, because you can be flexible, but have zero strength behind it. Dance allows you to have both strength and flexibility in all of your muscles, especially those ones that don't get worked in like wrestling or, or other places like that. Um, growing up, I mean, did you inspire to be a martial artist? I mean, everybody has a Bruce Lee story or something like that, but yeah. So here's a breakdown of my story. Um, I was bullied, you know, that's the huge part about it. Um, I had to hold my own throughout my whole life. You know, it was a rough childhood, <laughs> pretty much long story short. I was moved around to different cities around the Metro Detroit area, went to nine different schools, nine. So being that new kid, of course it's tough. And that was what made everybody just want to mess with me for God knows what. But uh, got into sports around seventh grade. You know, I was a basketball player. And that's still my love sport. But uh, saw UFC one day. I think it was in the 10th grade. Like, you know what? I'm going to try that out one day. And uh, I was dancing at the time when I was about 19 and 20. Then the group took a small break. And I just needed a new hobby to do. And that's when I met Dean Cotwell. Me and him was working together at the airport and uh, saw his first fight. And, you know, I'm going to come check out his gym, which was Stars and Strikes. And I uh, went there and I never left. 
That's funny because I saw UFC first in 10th grade too, but it was 1993. <laughs> And I still owe the tape back. I've never told this story actually on a podcast. I told it when we were just a live show, but I owe Jason Camilleri, Brandon Hammonds, and Scotty Mozam their tape back because they illegally taped it. It's okay. That was the old Zufa. They're not going to sue them. <laughs> and they gave me a VHS copy of it, and then I saw Hoist for the first time in this illegal tape, and I never gave them the cassette back. Every day they asked for it in gym, and I loved it. I was like, you're not getting this back. Uh, but... First time for me, 10th grade, but it was 1993. Way back in the day. And I didn't watch it live. I don't know. What, I'm trying to think the time frame of when maybe I finally got possession of the video. And I really wish I had the video because I'd actually bring those three guys back in and give it to them. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I'm so sorry. And then like add up the little library late fee and see what I owe. <laughs> but, um, you know, when I saw UFC, it was I always liked boxing. But UFC was so different and it was just something – that was so unique that I'm sure like you at 10th grade, you're still discovering what you are. Mm-hmm. I looked at it and I was like, well, that's pretty neat. Right. I mean, same, same situation. Same situation, you know, because it was, it was fascinated to where you could actually punch somebody and get paid for it, you know? And considering my history is a great aggression to get out. Right. You know, it, it will, it will keep me out of trouble. You know, I don't have to be on the streets fighting everybody for something they have said to me. You know, this martial arts is more a key to keep me calm, cool, relaxed, where I can walk away from the situation. Unless you touch me, mm-hmm. then it's trouble. But you seem so calm. I, I get that a lot. And sweet. Oh, yeah. I, I do get that a lot. <laughs> you got a radio voice, too. Much better than mine, Mark, yeah. and uh, Jimmy's. <laughs> Like, I beg to differ, sir. No, that that's some smooth talk over there. I have been complimented on my radio voice a number of times. <laughs> that's, that's very the, good. That's Tracy the, doesn't count. Yeah, so, yeah that, that's yeah. WJLB over there. That's that is smooth. <laughs> well, I mean, we all have. That's our Alan Allman. Well, no, no one's Alan Allman. I'll give him number two, but no one's close. Alan. I'll, I'll take number two. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you bounced around schools. Um, I always like to give people the backgrounds on fighters because the unique thing about fighters is that. We learn their backstories, and that's how we pick who we like. You know, mm-hmm. um, I liked Manny Pacquiao because you know he came from such a bad background in the Philippines, and then to make what he made of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're well spoken. So, how difficult was school for you bouncing around nine different times? Um, like I said, you seem very well spoken. So obviously, you didn't fall behind in grades. But how difficult was it? It was extremely difficult. Because uh, each school is either I was above a class or I had to relearn the same subject over to catch up with everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the difficult part is learning what I already was taught and uh, or just trying to catch up. When did you start bouncing schools? <sighs> it began when after first grade, you know, it was, it was I was little. It's Pretty much city-wise, I went from Detroit, Clinton Township, to Mount Clemens, to New Haven, to Chesterfield, down to Woodhaven. And that's where I eventually graduated in Romulus at Summit Academy. And then after that, I'm like, all right, I got to get out on my own. You know, I got tired of moving around. And so I got to do my own thing. Once you're in Downriver, you want to get out anyway. It's just how it is. Oh, yeah. It's, 
I mean, it's a nice area, but it's not that much to do. You know? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not true. Every year we get a carnival that goes in the parking lot of Southland Mall, and it's the greatest thing ever. Oh, like, then it goes right down. For, 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 the, for the price of 10 Cedar Point tickets, you can ride a couple rides with their tickets. Yeah, but they're, I, I make it a rule not to ride a thing that wasn't there yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Think about how many you know, shortcuts we take with our jobs. I'm ju- you know exactly, carnies right? take the same shortcuts. Right. They're like, ah, Phillips, you know what? Use the flathead. It would be fine. Yeah. Well, and not only that, like take a, <laughs> take a bolt, right? Right. And like bolt it and unbolt it like a hundred times. It strips. And then see what happens. Exactly. You're, 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 yeah. Are we questioning no. how a carnival? No. Our I, kids won't go on those rides. That's I, all I, I say. I, I don't go to carnivals. No, I won't let. Uh, so I for I, that reason and the weird cabbage smell of carnies. <laughs> but the I, elephant ears. I was just about to say that. Oh, so good. Yeah, uh, mm, yeah. yeah I mean, yes. My there trainer is that. not listening, so. I mean, there is that <laughs> every every that you're aware of. No, she's not. I'm sending her the recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be like, listen at the 24 minute mark. <laughs> yeah, if you ever added up what you pay in ticket wise, you you really could go to Cedar Point and ride all day on safe rides that are inspected daily. But like, what's the fun in that? You got to right, have a life. Danger. I don't know what's the life. Yeah. How about that? If, you, if your risk of Life's dying overrated. is at least twenty, it's not even yeah. us. I mean, We're sending our kids on those. Yeah. Well, no, now. the kids. No, I'm talking about like you know, as an adult. But see, know. when I was in, sixth you got to have that little that little fear of when that you feel that little jolt of <laughs> is this the end or not? Yeah, but you, you also want to <laughs> be able to like, if I do get injured, I want to I want to sue a giant company like Cedar Point, <laughs> not the guy who. Who's going to be out of here on a truck tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, but all of those carnivals are all owned by one major corporation. You can sue that corporation. Right. I bet. I I bet you every carnival, specific carnival that goes around, is LLC'd, and so oh, you would yeah, have to probably. sue that carnival, yeah. which has a total revenue of let's say twenty seven dollars. I I will tell you, but I, all the elephant ears you could ever want. I will tell I'll you, every that. one of my family, <laughs> every one of my family members has ended up in Cedar Point first aid. At one time or the other. My brother, uh, he hit his head on the mantis. No lie. Was actually a really bad. Because he was doing that. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, My mom had a bad migraine one time at Cedar Point because Mm. it was a hot, like 104 degree day. And we decided to go to amusement park. And like literally they put her in a dark room with curtains and like gave her everything. And she had a bad migraine. But me, when I was a kid, uh, they don't even have it anymore. The, the, The potato sack ride. I decided to keep my hands on a hot day down it and I got uh, oh. like second degree burns <sighs> when I got off and straight to first aid. That was now where like the dolphins or the BMX thing is now. But uh, I've had my Cedar Point injuries, you know, I've had my Cedar Point incident reports, you know, where like <laughs> they, they call in the security I, and they're like, hey, think, let's write it down. I think the only injury I've ever gotten at Cedar Point is uh, getting a little bit of the swamp butt. From, oh, after like, you walk, at, a water ride. After you do a water ride, and then you're walking around, you're going. <laughs> Speaking of which, oh world. lord! <laughs> Speaking of which, shoot the rapids. You know they got rid of yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. It yeah. never worked right. No, they it always worked when I was there. Okay, but if you, if you look it up right now, how many incidents there was? Shoot the rapids. Okay, I actually know the guy that was running Cedar Point at that time. It flipped a few times. Not only did it flip a few times, uh, they had major problems. The thing wasn't built correctly. So Shoot the Rapids has the shortest life, maybe three years, and two of them, they, it wasn't running at all. 
But he's no longer there, so I can talk about it now. Uh, so I, I looked up Shoot the Rapid. Oh, it's great, isn't it? I just it I looked up flits. Shoot the Rapid, no, Rapid Cedar Point. And then the first thing that popped up was Cedar Point Accident. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking at one from 2013. I'm uh, looking at one from 2014. Uh, that was the 13, 2016. Not just uh, read yeah. the accidents. Not like just I I hurt my arm. It well, it flipped the log. Yeah, water ride rolls down and flips over, injuring seven people. <laughs> wow! Well, you buried the lead on that one, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow! Yep. Yeah. So shoot the rapids. We're, we're talking about these carnies are probably like see it happens to anyone. Oh jeez! Hold on. Yeah, you. Can I'm see sorry. Vi- no, you I can see video on it. Well, too. no, no, no. I'm I'm looking. <laughs> So I was looking through all that. There's a Wikipedia page about incidents at Cedar Point, and I'm like, okay, let's see what we can find here. But I love Cedar Point. So I haven't been to Cedar Point in almost 30 years. Uh, uh, the, yeah. a long time. And if, yeah. he, and if like Cedar Bob Point wants to sponsor us, we're still on board. Oh, uh, the mine ride on 1984, a five-year-old boy fractured his skull after falling from the train's front seat during his 30-foot drop. This was before the height restrictions at Cedar Point. Uh, The gatekeeper, a man was found unresponsive on the gatekeeper train after returning to the station. He was given CPR then hospitalized. The The one in the Um, front of the park, dude. You were like catatonic after that. uh, Magnum XL. Uh, a train moving at about 10 miles per hour hit a parked one, causing minor damage to both and injuring at least three passengers. The Raptor, uh, the leg of a 37-year-old man was injured when the gates on the ride's loading platform closed on him. A uh, 45-year-old man was killed by the roller coaster. Oh, that was the one where he, when he went into the restricted area to, to get, get his cell hat? phone. Oh. His cell phone. Oh. You know what the worst is? Shoot the Rapids uh, was the one where it flipped. Skyhawk. Uh, cable supporting one of the carriages on the pendulum snapped, injuring two riders. Space spiral. <laughs> Ten people were stranded. Oh, that was there. Nobody got injured. Snake yeah, space River spiral. Falls. You can't get injured. Yeah. Uh, Snake River Falls. Uh, Actually, no. Jumped the track and dislodged. Uh, top thrill dragster. People were struck by metal debris that sheared off the coaster's launch cable during launch. Actually, if you oh want to know the, the worst incident in Cedar Point history, no one got injured. But I can tell you from uh, knowing the facts about this, if you look up the power tower, a tornado was yes. actually rolling through Cedar Point. Yes. And the workers took – they left them up top yeah. and didn't send it down while the tornado was coming and they just ran. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Google the story. I'm find, okay, hold on. And those those people don't have to jobs anymore. I guarantee you. Like, wow. I mean, and not only that, the people that were up there probably have made enough money that they don't have jobs anymore either. <laughs> but right. they they literally saw this tornado coming at them as they were left on the power tower. They're like, wow. oh, cool. This is how it ends. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> as, so as the movie Twister uh, is coming. Actually, there's no, there's nothing about that. Oh man, underground story or no, 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 fact. no, 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 no. It's an alternate fact. Uh, look up Power fact. Tower. I, I did Power Tower Tornado. There's nothing. About look up it. Cedar Point Tornado. <sighs> Just look down, people running like, serious, bro? Exactly. <laughs> you yeah, you're like, hey, hey, I'm up here. Hello? Hello? Right. right. Somebody, please. I have a dollar. Now, how many people like shit their pants while they were up there? 
I, mean, I guess the question would be how many people were up there because I would say a good number of them. Figure what is there four on each side? Is it four on each side? Which ride was it? Four again? Power, uh, tower. power Tower. So sixteen. Oh. So I stick the Hollow Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I can tell you the date it happened. There's someone knocking no. on our door. Maybe. I didn't hear anything. No. Okay. Anyways, uh, so that was on uh, June 30th, 1998. Yeah, they, the people, they, uh, they have a tornado, the but there's nothing video. There's nothing I'll, on the story about I'll the people it. being, all right. I know it's out Alternate there. facts. It's an alternate, alternate fact. fact. Exactly. I, I, I will look into it. So we're going to call uh, Joseph Donofrio here. Maybe. Told you. Let me give you the number. Yeah, kind of need it. No, for sure this happened. Matter of fact, uh, news stories reported it in the Sandusky area. All right, there's the number we're going to be calling. Ken, feel free to ask Joe any questions. Any questions. You'd be like, (laughs) can I have two walkout songs? Can I have seven ring girls walk me down? Whatever you want to say. I'll take anything he can give me. (laughs) Can I have a steak ready for me when I get done? Cheesecake, preferably. There you go. Give me some cheesecake. Is that your... Oh, yeah, we're going to Pizza Poplis first. That's Hello. Right. Hey, Joe, it's Brad. You're live on the undercard. How are you? My man, how are you, my friend? <laughs> Good. We are joined by Joseph Donofrio, promoter of uh, the Impact Fight League, which is happening February 4th. It's again this Saturday. Uh, it's going to be the last MMA show at the Joe Louis Arena. First off, tell us about this event, Joe, and um, how special of an evening February 4th is going to be. Well, I think it's, it's a bittersweet uh, event because it's the final show at the Joe and you know the Joe Lewis has been such a staple for the city of Detroit for you know over 30 years now and with the new arena coming up you know it's the birth of Detroit I mean we're going to move our our entire operation to the new arena Little Caesars Arena but you know the Joe Lewis Arena just has so much history so we're excited to be doing the last show there yeah, I was asking Ken Wolfmack, who's uh, your main event. He's actually in studio with us, and I was like, think okay. ab- I was like, think about it. You're going to be the last main event at mm-hmm. an arena that's named after yep. one of the greatest fighters of all time. Yep, yep, that's true. And we're excited about it. I mean, right now we have 20 fights scheduled, and I'm actually hoping to trim that down to about 15. We've got a couple of fighters out there that don't have their entire medicals in licensing, so I'm assuming they may fall off, but right now, as it stands, we could have 20 fights. So that's a big evening. Tell us uh, some of the highlights that you see on the fight card, some uh, some people that uh, we should be watching out for on Saturday. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a fight that, believe it or not, I got a kid named uh, uh, Jawdad Hashem from Dearborn who's been training for about only about a year and a half. Now the guy is just, he's so finely tuned. I watched a video on him. He's fighting a guy, Colin England, who is two and old from Scorpion fighting systems. Now this is Jawdot's debut, Jawdot Hashem's debut. I'm real excited to see that fight. He's got, um, he's got a lot of experience, not in, not actually in battle, but he's got a lot of experience in training. He's dedicated trains twice a day, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. Another one I'm looking forward to is uh, uh, 
we got Laura uh, Nizzle coming in from Buffalo, New York, against uh, Sarah Jones from Ohio. Or Sarah Jones from City? Yeah, Sarah Jones from Ohio, I believe. Or is she from Scorpion? She might be from Scorpion. And then, of course, Dylan Carpenter from Scorpion, uh, Danielle Cooley from Flint, Megan Wallace from Ohio. And let me see who else we got in here. Uh, well, we do have a good grudge match. Nick Noble against Munib El-Soleimani. That's a heck of a, a grudge match. Okay, now I see what fight we're going to like. Okay, the co-main event. Allie Beth Milliron against Chelsea Falder. Uh, were you at my last event? Absolutely. Fred? Yeah, Chelsea okay. Falder. Do you uh, remember her? Panel. Yep. Uh, we've had her on the show. She was the blonde <laughs> yes. from uh, Ohio. Yes. It was that a good fight. girl. I mean, that's a 115-pound bulk of muscle. And Allie Beth is nothing to be ashamed of either. Allie Beth is a great fighter. Chelsea Falder, great fighter. We're making that the co-main event. And for whatever reason, we've been very, very lucky. We've had some really good, outstanding female female fights. So we're excited. And then, of course, the main event is Ken Hunt and, and Floyd Jones. Um, who's in the studio with you? We have Ken Wolfmack. Ken Wolfmack. Uh, is he on the card? Yeah. Um, Ouch. Wolf- <laughs> <laughs> Who? Wolfmack is my nickname. Is actually, Oh. Yeah. So what are you, Ken Hunt? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tricky. Yeah, he's got a, Ken's got a good following, too. Right. We're excited. He's a well-spoken guy. And uh, yeah. not only that, um, we were talking a little bit earlier, and y- you can shed light on this. Uh, the, it was a bad week for Michigan MMA. Uh, a promotion got canceled in Jackson. I don't know the circumstances, so I wasn't commenting on it. But I said okay. over the six or seven years I've known you, You've always under-promised and over-delivered for me. You're one of the only promoters I can say that has ever done that. So what I was saying is the whole week I'm just reading negative stuff, and I'm sure you saw it too, Joe, where people were just like, you know, this happened, blaming the state, this, and I don't know the circumstances wasn't there. But I said, you know what? The sun comes out on February 4th no matter what the weather is because everything I've ever seen Joseph Donofrio uh, do – has been absolutely amazing and has led me to believe that there is a future for Michigan. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I appreciate the kind words. And although this has the new rules and regulations has made it extremely difficult for both promoter and fighter to fight. Um, and as you know, I was a part of of regulating the state of Michigan. And the reason that I was so uh, adamant about our state being regulated is because of the association for boxing commissioners, the nationwide organization that oversees mixed martial arts. They failed to recognize any fighter from Michigan. And you take Ohio as an example, you take New Jersey, you take Missouri. They would not allow any Michigan fighter to fight in those States. If they did, they weren't, they, they, they did it illegally. So we had to join really with the common core of what the rest of the nation was doing. And and that is following procedures, following protocol, just as the pros. But on the flip side of that, it really got rid of a lot of the less desirable promoters. 
And now the people that are promoting uh, are in it because they enjoy it because we don't make any money at this. Now we have to, we have to have $50,000 fighter insurance, $50,000 accidental death and injury insurance. We have to have spectator insurance, uh, not to mention half of the guys, you know, need, need a little assistance with, uh, with their medicals. So it, it's just so expensive to do a show nowadays. And that's, really why you're looking at so many shows no so many less shows or like what happened last week in a show getting canceled because it just if you don't sell a ton of tickets and you don't have the right fighters on you're going to lose 10,000 I mean now I've done boxing in the past and and I always thought that okay this is the time I'm going to make money I'm going to make money and I'd turn around and I'd lose twenty, thirty thousand. I mean, it's just the nature of the business. But getting back to something promising, I, you know, I, I'm I'm excited about where the sport is going in Detroit. I'm excited about where it's going in Michigan. I, I think we've got a hell of a lot of good fighters. You know, we've got a ton of fighters that fight for the UFC. We just had one on last Saturday. Um, Bobby Nash. Yeah, Bobby Nash. Yeah, we just had him. Bobby's what from Lansing. Uh, yeah, he was a, a Michigan State wrestler, too, in college. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Unfortunately, he got caught, but he lost, but still. He was doing know, well until then. What's that? He was doing very well until then, though. Yes, he was. He had that guy rocked a few times. And to me, he was a much stronger fighter than his opponent. But he got caught in anything can happen in mixed martial arts. You know it, and I know it. And Ken sitting there with you, he probably knows it. Anything can happen. You could take an underdog. He gets lucky and catches that jaw. Boom, he's gone. Or a rear naked choke, wrestling skills. So Now, I know with the new stadium that's coming, and as you said, you are going to carry on the Impact Fight League there. Uh, the yes. big question I would have for you is, are we looking at pro shows down the road? Um, yes, 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 yes. Uh, I, I guess it's fair for me to say... Even though I don't know that I'm at liberty to say that I had a date booked at the new arena. Now, Brad, do you remember what happened to me at the Palace? I had a date booked, and what happened? Uh, the Pistons were in the playoffs, or uh, no, there was a conflicting. UFC. No. Oh, UFC, UFC, yeah. I gave my date to the UFC. So now guess what happened to the new arena? The UFC took my date at the new arena. They'll be here uh, towards the end of the year. Well, I mean, that's that's good in a way, but also yeah. uh, in a way, we, we, we still know that we have a, a, a good promoter in you and that in January or February, I imagine you'll be back in the new arena. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I wanted to do a show prior but almost every single date is already booked up from September on between the sports teams and the live entertainment. Almost every single date is booked up. Uh, I did have December 23rd on booked up, but I'm not sure. I had two dates, December 23rd and she's oh, have to look at my calendar, but, but I believe the UFC took the early December date from me. <laughs> and now I don't know if the 23rd is available. Now I, I talked to the president and vice president of the new arena. And when they offered me December 23rd, I 
normally in any other location, I would have said absolutely not. Two days before Christmas, no way. However, the new arena, absolutely, I would do it there December 23rd. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think Kid Rock took 35 of the dates. You know, you see, he just <laughs> he keeps took ad- four dates. Yeah, he just, keep, I think. he just keeps adding shows. So, who, who, Oh, did he add more? Uh, I think he's up to six now. You know how he does no. that at the Pine Ob, too. So I think he's uh, wow. responsible for, for a lot of them. Joe, uh, wow. Joe, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your history in the fight game because, I mean, if okay. anything you bring to it, you bring experience and stuff like that. Thank you. Um, for somebody that's really thinking about getting into promoting, and I I believe I probably hear this seven times a week. Somebody's like, okay. I'm going to throw my own shows. What advice okay. can you yep. give them? You've done world-class boxing. You've mm-hmm. done only big arenas. Uh, yep. Uh, what advice would you give to somebody that's looking to get in the sport? You're not going to make any money. Don't plan. <laughs> I did the last Tommy Hearns fights at the Palace, as you know. We had a good crowd, 14,500 people. Uh, I did the um, uh, the Mike Tyson-Andrew Galata fight at the Palace. Uh, you know, probably had 16,000 people. No way, if you think you're going to make any money, it's not going to happen. Not unless you have a major sponsor and a great TV that's going to pay you to do the show. And TV doesn't do that anymore. Now I got to ask you this because there's a lot of young talent. Uh, Tony Harrison is fighting down in Alabama, and he's a rising star. You got Anthony Barnes out there. You got a lot of young talent. Is it possible to see Donofrio Entertainment enter back into boxing and do boxing in an MMA? Definitely. Yeah, it's going to happen for sure. Yeah. You got a time frame on that because we we also cover boxing and, and it seems to me that people are looking for more boxing even though we got three promoters rotating it pretty well you come with a oh, lot yeah. of experience um yep. i mean do you have a short uh time frame on when you might do that you know i'm not certain i'll tell you the one room that i like and i'm sure you do as well is the crystal ball room at the masonic love it love that room you know you could maybe pack 800 people in there, and to me, that's a perfect perfect size. But I am looking at doing a charity event, Black Tie Charity event, at the uh, Detroit Athletic Club. And I, I don't know if you were around back then, but Manuel Stewart and I used to do the events there every year, the fundraiser Black Tie. And it was a fundraiser cigar event with, you know, fine dining and everything. And it was really incredible. It was like, you know, 400 people sold out every single year. And then uh, they decided to take a different direction. And I'm assuming that at some point I will be back at one of those two venues. Do I think I'm going to do something at the new arena boxing? It would be questionable at this time. I am not sure. But am I going to do boxing to answer your question? Yes, it's going to happen. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, I know you got a busy week and you're, you're still matching up some fights. And uh, like you said, you might be shortening the fight card. But we want to thank you for the 15 minutes uh, that you gave Beautiful. us. Really quickly, uh, Joseph Donofrio, like I said, he always under-promises, over-delivers on his shows. Come check it out, February 4th. Tickets are available at Ticketmaster. Not only are they available at Ticketmaster, you can go up to the box office um, and, and check this out. Because like you said before on our previous shows, you give it an WWE entertainment factor to it. And <laughs> nobody's shows are on the production value that your shows are on. And that's Thank just you. the truth. 
So. I appreciate it. Now, weren't you doing a ticket giveaway to your listeners? We are. Uh, we've been doing okay. ticket giveaways. We're going to do uh, some. We'll, we'll probably ask uh, a question to Ken, and then we'll have Good. people uh, people do nice. that. And uh, you've provided a lot of tickets. You've supported the undercard over the years. And I, I've said this, and this is thank the God honest truth. There would be no undercard if there's no Joseph Donofrio. Because well, between thank you, you very much. I feel the same about you. You do a lot for me, too. And you're good. you're good for the industry, Brad. Thank You're you. doing a great job. Thank you very much, Joe. I will see you at weigh-ins on Friday if I don't talk to you before then. Thank you so much. I look forward to it. Ken, have a good evening. You Thanks, too, Brad. All right. <laughs> that is Joseph Donofrio, the fight boss. If uh, he doesn't know it, nobody knows it in Michigan MMA and uh, the fight game. We're going to go to our first break, and we're going to bring Ken uh, back off the break. Second break. Second break. Sorry. I, I don't Get know. Get together, count. Brad. Get it together. <laughs> All right. We're going to go to our second break. Uh, we got a new ring girl that's uh, never been in studio before, but she's not new. She's worked for us before, but it's her first time in the studio. So she has to do, do the American Ninja vault all the way through Marv's questioning later on. <laughs> We're going to break down Frampton, Santa Cruz, and uh, Joseph Donofrio giving uh, some insider information. I don't believe anybody knew that. I know. I'm so excited. And that just, and then uh, that's pretty. Already in my calendar. There you go. (laughs) So uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. Okay, so the situation right now is I cannot find proof of the power tower thing. I do remember it. Uh, Urban legend. No, it's not an urban legend. Urban legend. I'm telling you. I remember Sandusky news uh, thing. So just like uh, Marv and his troll story from his other podcast on Sunday, Uh. we cannot confirm this uh so i I will take it back until i find it but you know what this whole week besides getting ready for the fights i'm gonna be trying to yeah let's alternate fact anything anymore (laughs) but um seriously though the log ride did flip a few times oh no that did i mean that was all over the news kind of gives me a get out of jail free card but i love cedar point i just want cedar point to know that so you, you Cedar Point, if you're listening, <laughs> back. Pre, pre, no, three feel, years. Feel feel free to to give us free tickets. Three, three years ago, they did listen. I'll How do even, you know? I do know. How? I'll show you pictures. Okay. <laughs> my God, every everything is, is like everything, everything is, is so like, cryptic with them. Oh my God. Uh, okay, so <laughs> wait, who was listening? I'm Cedar not going to give names, but I, I mean, I became, like I became, the CEO, the VP, VP, the okay, all right, yeah, like just some guy, <laughs> just some Cedar guy Point. that worked. At, you know what's he's, funny? He's the guy that follows a spotlight for Snoopy on ice. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I actually knew that guy. That's why I was I picked that. No, I uh, <laughs> I became close with a lot of executives at Cedar Point because we went there all the time, and I actually had one actually. I went there all the time. I never became close with any executives. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was because you were constantly, your family was constantly in the aid station. They were yeah, afraid right. you were going to yeah. sue. <laughs> yeah. They're like, here's a free pass. Don't right. sue us anymore. So <laughs> Exactly. Uh, I'll pull up a picture. Okay. And, uh, I don't know if he wants his name out there. He's retired. He's happy. Uh, well, it wouldn't matter if he's retired. It would matter. I don't know. Oh, God, don't tell anybody that I spoke to Brad Snyder. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) My retirement is ruined. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know what's funny is uh, if you're from Ohio, the big debate is Kings Island or Cedar Point. And I've been to Kings Island. Um, Speaking of incidents, really quickly, I'm going to ask Jimmy one more time. Look up the roller coaster Son of a Beast. 
Son of a beast. Son of beast, maybe. Son. Okay, hold on. Son, Son of beast. Uh, the Son beast is beast. a big wooden roller coaster, which was the uh, a roller coaster that had um, the world records for years. Okay, what Son, about it? Okay. Uh, I found that, I that found it was Son of closed, beast. left there to rot for like years. Why was it closed? Because they made a wooden roller coaster go upside down. Hmm. It turns back into a steel coaster midway, and they had lots of incidents. Uh, Son of Beast is also known for two major non-fatal accidents. In 2006, damage to the track caused one of the trains to stop abruptly. Another setback occurred. Yeah, damage to tracks on a wooden roller coaster means right. no good times. Um, da, 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 uh, when uh, another setback occurred in 2009 when a woman claimed to have suffered a head injury, the ride was closed indefinitely, and all references to the ride were later removed from the park. The map, yeah, yeah. Uh, to in 2012, the closure was made permanent as Kings Island announced that the roller coaster would be dismantled and removed from the park. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so it's firewood somewhere, you could be actually sparking it up this winter, yeah. As a uh, firewood. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, Different oh, kind of ride. Uh, it's eight o'clock. Do you want to do what's on tap? Yes, I do. All right. So we'll do what's on tap and then we'll move on. Um, all right. So give me a second here. Got to get my volume up. Okay. Do do. All right. All right, once again, this is What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Excuse me. Uh, In boxing, February 2nd at uh, Tunisia, Mississippi, PBC on Fox Sports 1. Sammy Vasquez Jr. versus Luis uh, Colazzo, 10 rounds for the welterweights. Um, Moving on uh, to, uh, let's see, this is February 4th. Um, I picked this one uh, because of um, uh, it's in London, England. Uh, but the main event is Renold uh, Quinlan versus Chris Eubanks Jr. Uh, for the IBO 12 round super middleweight um, title. Uh, Chris Eubanks is 23 and one, and Renold is 11 and one. Uh, they're both rising stars in the boxing world, so it should be a good fight. Also on that card, David Price versus Christian Hammer. 10 or 12 rounds. I wanted to ask you this, Brad. Why would it be announced 10 or 12? Uh, maybe there's a possible title that there. Uh, so there's a ton of titles out there, and you actually have to pay sanctioning fees to have the titles. So 12 round is a championship fight typically. 10 rounder isn't typically for a belt. Okay. That's just a rule. So, so that's maybe why it would be 10 or 12. Like, a, okay. like an off brand, the ABCDEFG belt. Gotcha. Like that. Okay. That's, I was just curious about that. Same um, belt. Also, uh, uh, coming back, uh, Mars' favorite boxer to be announced. Yes! Uh, and he's fighting, and I love this name. He is fighting Kid Galahad. What? <laughs> yeah. That is a great name. That is a great name. That is Kid awesome Galahad. Name. Uh, also, uh, Adam uh, Etstitz versus John Ryder. Again, t- 10 or 12 rounds in the middleweights. Uh, moving on to MMA. Um, February 3rd, 2017 in Lima, Peru. Uh, we have the 300 Spartans 16, which I just think is an awesome name for an MMA fight. Uh, and also February 4th, UFC Fight Night 104. 
Um, it's really hard for me to read this. Uh, Benudez versus Korean Zombie, which I also think is an awesome fight name. Awesome Korean nickname, zombie. yeah. Yeah, it's, awesome it's nickname. nickname. Also, this... Uh, is he North Korean Zombie or South I, Korean It zombie? just says Korean Zombie, so maybe he's... Uh, Maybe he can cross that uh, DMZ or something. Also, don't forget that uh, on the 4th this weekend, we have the Fight Nights at the Joe, Donna Frio. Uh, Impact Fight League. Inca- Impact Fight League. Make sure you come see uh, see our guests here in studio. Um, who uh, Give everybody your name and who you're fighting and promote promote your little bout. You got it. Your little it's not bout. A little bout. <laughs> oh, now your main event. Promote your little bout. Sorry, no, no, no. The main event. The main event. hobby you have yeah. when you beat Ken, did you get all your this. sparring in this week? Because Jimmy's available now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can make it happen tomorrow night. No doubt about it. But, um, I'm not um, available. <laughs> um, yeah, February 4th this weekend, starting at 7 o'clock at the Joe Louis Arena. I am the main event. Going against Floyd Jones for a title fight, and uh, it's going to be very historical. So I am the last fighter ever to fight the Joe. Yeah, mm. awesome. And and we, you just found out, Brad, uh, that um, the guest that we had in last week, Juju Claire, now does have an opponent. I don't know the opponent's name, but yes, she does have an opponent. Okay, that's good because it was kind of back and forth there for a while. Somebody said within a hundred percent they have an opponent. All within a hundred percent. Within. Within. No, no, no. Which means one to a hundred. A hundred percent they have an opponent. Okay. Awesome. So, and meanwhile, I'm trying to find this picture. Dude, freaking, like, here's the problem really quickly, okay? So, no one prints pictures anymore. Like, I was at, the other day, um, I'm at Walgreens, and I see this old lady actually printing pictures. And I was like, no one prints pictures anymore. So the problem with that is that everybody just stores these freaking pictures on Facebook. So I'm trying to find this exact freaking photo for you guys in of what? Uh Cedar the Cedar Point days. Oh. So but <laughs> who knows where what poster or uh which um I mean it, it could be here, it could be freaking it could be god dang. <laughs> really? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea, dude. It was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. 2010, 20, 2009. All right. Uh, we're going to go back to Ken really quick. We're going to finish up with Ken. Uh, don't forget we uh, do have Rhonda Marcos coming up at about the 830 mark. Uh, Coach Glove will not be making it in. He said traffic and weather is too bad, but uh, we'll be talking to Rhonda from the UFC who has a fight coming up pretty soon. Uh, but let's go back to Ken. Uh, I threw off. Uh, the fight boss there really quick. I was using your nickname too much. Yeah, it's kind of surprising. Like, you didn't know that? Like, He's like, that's not what I put on his check. Right? <laughs> I know, you might have trouble cashing it. So you got to make sure that, like, you know, everything's good. Oh, He's no. an Ami. He doesn't. He gets, you know. Um, so let's, right. So let's talk about that really quick. That's the next step. Um, your record is nine and four. Nine and four. And you're going to be 10 and four after uh, yes, Sunday. Sir. No doubt about it. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not being cocky either. It's more confidence. Good. So what, when, I mean, you, you've seen this development over four years. Where do you think you are in the fight game? If everything goes well on Saturday night, um, when will we see Ken as a pro? Right after this fight. Right after. Oh, wow. So, wasting no time. Man, no time. Uh, making that pro debut, hopefully in March, but we'll see how the dates work out. But uh, after that win, I will be announcing that I'll be going pro. 
Now, we, we learned a little bit about your childhood and stuff, but tell us about your family life a little bit. I mean, um, who, who's important in your life? You talked about your coaches earlier, but who, who's important in your family? And, and how difficult is it now to be in your 20s? Because thank God, the stuff that is around now wasn't around when I was in my 20s. Like, we really still had to call girls and ask them out and shit like that. <laughs> you guys have a whole new effing world that I don't want anything to do with. But how do you find time to train? Tell us who's part of your support group. Um, my main inspiration is my grandmother. Um, everybody will always know about that. My grandmother is number one. This is why I do the sport as well. You know, I do it for her. And uh, of course, the rest of my family, you know, my mom, dad, uh, my brothers, all of them. Um, some of our relationships is a little shaky. You know, um, that's something we could discuss. You ain't family that. if you're not fighting. Exactly. So, uh, but majorly it's just my grandmother. She's my inspiration. Um, what was that second part of the question? Uh, so I, I was talking about like, uh, how, how do you fit a busy schedule nowadays? Because oh, yeah. when I was in my twenties, busy was like, we went out on Friday, Saturday nights. Nowadays, busy is balancing a lot going on. So yeah. how do you find time to train? Uh, thankfully I do got a job that I can work mornings cause uh, I train at night, you know, training starts at about six or seven o'clock. So, um, I'm working three jobs, three jobs, one full time, two part time. And, um, like I said, thankfully the main job's in the morning. So I get up about roughly seven work eight thirty to five. I leave there, go train to about nine o'clock. And, uh, depending if I'm in classes or not, I either go home, do some homework, or take care of the house chores, you know. Gotta gotta keep the house up, take care of the bills. And uh that's pretty much my routine, you know. I, it's kinda hard to go out sometimes, but uh I got a lot of friends and I try to do my best to make time for them so we can go out, have some good time, you know. Now I gotta ask you this. Uh is fighting a motivation as you're in school and you're working three jobs do you look at it as a way out of this situation? Yeah. Um, once I got started in fighting, you know, I thought about like, man, I can actually go pro in a sport. And uh, I just took it from there, man. I'm in busting my ass every single day, just wanting to make it. And it's good to have a backup plan too, which is why I'm in college. Cause I'm going to become a chef and getting a business degree on top of that. So I'm going to own a cafe one day. But when finding came along, I pushed that to be priority number one. So with a big dream of owning a cafe one day, and you probably will, whether you become a very successful pro at MMA or not, because I, I believe fighters tend to follow their dreams more than most people. Right. Because you've been through a lot. Mm -hmm. you, you understand what knocks somebody down and what doesn't knock somebody down and you wake up the next day. Exactly. Uh, do you walk into restaurants and just look around and go, I like this. I don't like this. This is a great idea. I'll steal this. Do you have a name for your restaurant? I don't have a name for my restaurant yet, but I don't know if you guys heard of the townhouse. Downtown oh Detroit. yeah. Yeah. What? Scotty Buck uh, is there every day. He's probably there right now. <laughs> he knows the chefs by name. I know. Yeah, they, they got the best chicken and waffles I ever tasted in my life. Okay. Right. Oh my gosh. Um, but just the layout of that restaurant, you know, as far as like the live DJ, you know, the outside atmosphere, it's something that I'm thinking I'm, I want to go down that path, but as a cafe style. Mm -hmm. So that's the general idea. If, get a general picture of what I want. 
Now, is it going to be an ever-changing menu? Because actually, that is one of my pet peeves. I am very traditionalist, mm-hmm. and my favorite uh, food ever was something called Four Types of Chicken. It was on uh, Andre's, which is on top of the Palms in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Fell in love with it, and then guess what he did? He changed it. Oh, I'm sorry. The restaurant's a laze. Andre was the chef. Yeah, he changed it. Wow. It was the greatest thing. It was the same pieces of chicken prepared four different ways on a very nice plate. I'd have kept going back there for years, and then it's off the menu. Are you going to have some staples, or are you going to invent yourself, like, monthly? Because this determines whether or not I'm coming. It's definitely going to be some staples. Staples? Okay. <laughs> um, of course, you know, each season, I might add something new to it, you know, um, depending on the season. But I will have signature dish that's going to stay there forever. What's the best thing that you think that you make? Best thing? <sighs> Got to be ribs. Oh, wow. And that's a big ribs. one around here. It's, it's a big one, but I could definitely throw that on some ribs. All right. That's so do you, sure. you do your own barbecue sauce or is there one you rely on? That's what, that is what I'm working on. You know, um, just the whole cooking game as far as making it by scratch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still fairly new to me. So I still got to go through the program at college. But ribs is probably my number one. See, more competitive than the MMA field, I believe rib cook-offs. And these little small towns are more competitive. And Marv, Marv's nodding because he, Marv likes food like I do. <laughs> I do. Um, I ribs. Okay. Right. These rib cookoffs, I, I get mad that I, I never are around. I find out later, like in local newspapers with someone holding a trophy, I'm never around for these rib cookoffs. Mm-hmm. I, I, to me, they sound like the greatest things ever. How far until we get you in a rib cookoff? Give me about a good two years. Two years. I'll be 42. 42? You're, 41. You're going to love it. <laughs> By then, the cardiologist has cut it out totally of the diet, and so I don't know if I'll be loving it. Oh, I'll sure. be looking for the vegan ribs. <laughs> if you need a taste tester or anything, I'm your man. Hey, bring me back on. I'll definitely bring you a dish. That's for sure. Right. I'll book you right now. <laughs> you got to bring me cheesecake. Do they fall off the bone, or do you got to work at it? Oh, it's going to fall off the bone. Okay, good. Because that means it's, a whole that's, lot. That's dude. the best. Nothing know? worse than tough ribs where like half the meat's still on them and like I you're like. I can't stand that, man. It's, you know, it's, we got to work for that. Like, no. Fall off the bone is the way to go. Mar, mm-hmm. fall off the bone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jimmy, fall off the bone or do you like. Absolutely. Like if Some I, people like if I, call like if I grab the bone. They... Like if I grab the bone to pick it up and the bone just like slides out of it. Oh, it's the greatest oh, thing oh ever. Oh, my gosh. Like I, I want to find the, the cook who did that and kiss him on the mouth. Well, <laughs> just I'm just saying. Hide. Hide. Or greasy everything. Just. <laughs> I make that noise. <laughs> now, at really nice restaurants, I think the coolest thing that can happen is that the chef normally will acknowledge, like on busier nights, he'll acknowledge uh, the crowd. And out of the blue, you don't order it. But they'll say the waitress and the waiter, they'll say, compliments of the chef you know here's quail egg or something that you've never tried what would be your little specialty that you would give to somebody as a gift for coming out to your restaurant it would have to be because you can't give away full slabs of ribs or i'll tell you, you go out oh, business no, i would yeah. definitely be, gotta be like something small <laughs> um they have to be dessert you know? dessert you know something see sweet. now you got rochelle's interest what, what are we of talking course. about over here well like we both discussed we we love cheesecake you know Ooh. so i'll definitely have to make a a mean cheesecake mm. and definitely give them somebody. Believe it or not, my, one of my favorite desserts is strawberry shortcake. Strawberry shortcake. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They actually made that into a cake form now. Shut up. Yeah. Oh. It's, oh, it's delicious. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> um, 
for me, I'll say the cookies and cream cheesecake. Okay. Would probably be my favorite one at the moment. But uh oh my god, when I first went to the Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> I did not want to leave. Life was changed. Life was changed completely. And that's what I really hate about that show. Uh what's that show that the Great Bake Off? No, the no. One we just watched? The Big Bang Theory. They they oh. dummy down what the Cheesecake Factory <laughs> is. I mean, she works at the Cheesecake Factory, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well that's, that's where that. they <clears throat> First off, you can't eat the Cheesecake Factory every day unless you are very loaded. Mm-hmm. And second off, you can't wear what they wear to the Cheesecake Factory. And Well, and, first of all, you're talking about a bunch of Ph.D. scientists that all worked at Caltech. So, yes, they could afford to go to the Cheesecake what, and Factory. And I want, what do you mean you can't wear what they wear and go to the Cheesecake Factory? The Cheesecake Factories I've been to are like a little bit, like I think, high end. No. 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 No, not at all. I've been to Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, they're, we're talking about like, Cheesecake Factory. Like, I went to the one no, in Chicago. Cheese, Handpack. Yeah. Cheese, cheesecake Factory is like. Lord of the Rings t shirt. Yeah. 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 Cheesecake Factory is kind of like uh, upscale Cracker Barrel. Yeah. Really. I, went, I, went to, I went to the one in Chicago too, and I rolled in the in Handpack? Yeah. I, I rolled I've been, in there in jeans and a t shirt. Yeah. I've been, I've been to the one in Chicago. I've been to the one in Hawaii. I've been to the one in San Antonio and I've been to the one in uh, Pennsylvania and they're all the same. They're very Here, low end. Here's what, uh, I wouldn't say very no, I'm not, low you know, end. I'm I mean, compared to what he's trying to yeah, say. I mean, yeah. Like, you don't need to put on like no, it's not jeans and t shirt. No, I like, didn't say jacket required. Jeans like, and t shirt. Like I would not dress up. Like if you said we're going to Cheesecake Factory, I ain't dressing up. Like whatever I got on is what I'm yeah. wearing there. Jeans and T-shirt. What I will say this, though, is uh, so and this only happened at the one in Chicago. So I don't know if they do it at all the other ones. But I waited in line to wait in line. Yes. Yes. Like they gave me a pager. Yep. And then it went off. Yep. And I came back and they're like, great. Go stand in that line. Yep. (laughs) And I'm like, did you just make me wait? (laughs) Yep. To wait in line. Yep. And then I waited, and <clears> like, <throat> I, and I absolutely would not. Yeah, have it was it was yeah. about an hour I, and a half wait. Yeah. Well, they lied to me because yeah, they were like, oh, it'll be like forty five minutes. That was forty five minutes it's, to wait in line. Yeah, like, forty five minutes to get into the line, and that yeah. Get, and then yes. I waited like almost another hour. Yeah. And I'm like, and then I ate, and it was the first time I'd ever been there. I was like, this food yep. better be something spectacular. Yeah. And then I ate it, and I was like, this was not worth no an hour and forty five minutes. Yep. And like Pavlov's dog, that, when that thing went off, you probably. The juices. Oh, mentally, you're ready. ready. I, was yeah. ready. I was already All hungry. Over. Yeah. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> that's, and that's, then they're like, no, you're going to oh. have to sit your fat ass over there and right. wait a little longer. Well, that's the only unrealistic thing about the Cheesecake Factory and the Big Bang Theory is they the sit fact whenever they want they, the same table. they basically walk in and sit down. Well, now I will say this like the one out at 12 Oaks. Yeah. I've always just walked right into that one. Yeah. Well, and I think that it has to do with if it, you're in a big well, I mean, city or it's location, like a big location, location. Exactly. Exactly. But the yeah. other one about Chicago is I waited in line for some crappy pizza that was supposed to be like the best pizza in the world. Deep what, dish. Was yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah. and I was like, Pizza Populous has it all over this crappy pizza. I was like, I can't believe I waited in line an hour for this crap either. Yeah. There's a uh, lot of pe- places. Just shit on Chicago. It, it, a few times. I like well, no. Chicago, but like when people are like, oh, you have to this. Well, here. Wait in line. It's worth it. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm the, sorry. He, the, the, like Chicago and a, and a lot of other places, <laughs> if you have to wait in line to go somewhere, it's not going to be worth it. What you need to do is you need to find like the locals. Oh, that's what I prefer to do. Right. And that like the nobody knows about this oh, place. Yeah. That's where you find the good food. When I was up in uh, at Soaring Eagle when we were checking out. <laughs> 
Like the I, I yeah. like it was Sunday morning. We're checking out, and I was like, "Listen, I went to the girl at the front desk. I'm like, listen, I know you're supposed to tell me to eat at the restaurants here, right? I'm like, but if you were going out to breakfast, right? Where would where you would go? you go? Yeah. And she was like, you got to go to Clyde's or whatever, right? Or whatever yeah. it was called. And she's like, it's. She gave me like directions, yep. left, right, left, right. I got there, and there was a line. Yeah. There were like three people standing outside, and I was like, ugh. Really? And like, yeah. it was just a hole in the wall, greasy spoon. Yeah. Like, I'm like, uh, but there was seriously, there was an IHOP, but I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to IHOP. Right. So we waited in line. It only took us maybe 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. The best breakfast I have ever eaten. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say almost my entire life. Yeah. They so make their own bread. Yeah. Like every morning. Yeah. Thick pieces of, oh, there's yeah. that noise again. Could they serve it warm? <laughs> well, did they serve it warm? I don't know. I'm just it was asking. toasted to perfection. I don't want to toast it. I just want a piece of warm bread that <laughs> I can so just good. slather some like rosemary butter. I on. wanted to wait around because they're like, we don't do it on Sundays because we usually run out. But like other days, if you came, should come back tomorrow. We'll just sell you loaves of bread. And I was like, shit, I almost kind of want to wait. <laughs> like, I don't have to be back at work tomorrow. Right. I could totally call in sick. Be like, right. yeah, I don't feel good. I'm waiting on bread. <laughs> <laughs> so we should post really quickly uh, what what Ken thought his uh, main meal was um, for tickets to Donofrio. See if anyone responds ah, to that go. on Facebook. Uh, we got to bring in uh, the ring girl here really quickly. Uh, let me introduce Destiny really quick. You got to say it the right way. Destiny. There you go. Hi Destiny. Guys. How are you? Destiny. Destiny. Anybody? Anybody? You're my density. I was just going to say, I am your density. Yes. <laughs> I mean, destiny. Yes. Exactly. And then Calvin <laughs> Klein comes and ruins it all. <laughs> Stupid Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein. <laughs> He's, isn't he a dream? He was actually he a dream. Yeah, he was. He was kind of cool. I want to know how the Still hell it cute. was that, like, they, that, that, that old man McFly didn't get suspicious when his youngest kid turned up to look just like the dude. Exactly. That got you know what I mean. It was like, at least a conversation on the golf course. It had to be like, like you ever notice how Marty he wasn't all that bright like though. Klein? I don't even think he would have picked up on it. What's that? He wasn't all that bright. He, At no, the end, he he's writing though. books and he yeah. had a nicer house. No, he was though. I think he would have been like, ah, he looks just like dude that yeah, like no. just like just like him. You got something you want to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Destiny, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, so I'm 24. I'm from Toledo. I just met all these people a couple weeks ago, and now I am here. Awesome. <laughs> but you love us. Uh, yes, I do. I do. You so, great. so you know Michigan won a war against Ohio, and as punishment for losing the war, Ohio got Toledo. <laughs> you know that, right? Yeah, but... Well, we're, well, they were fighting over Toledo. Right, but didn't because Michigan won, Ohio got Toledo, and then we got... No, no. Yeah, you got it, the it, UP. It, no, we got the UP. That, yep, that was, right. was that, but that then was, they got oh, Toledo as like punishment. No, we were no, we were fighting over Toledo. <laughs> okay, both states yeah, wanted Toledo because wanted it was because it was an important port on the Great Lakes. Great. So how do we win the war and then lose Toledo still? Because got we got the, the Upper Peninsula. That's what I'm saying. They it got it as a consolation it, it, no, ribbon. It wasn't they got that Toledo. anybody won the war. Like the, the Fed, go, federal government stepped in and said, "You can't do this." Yep. Like Ohio, you get Toledo, and Michigan, you get all that. UP yep. area. Oh, did we mention it's full of freaking copper mines? Right. And Michigan went, all right. Yep, that's fine. So it's once fine. again, I will say Michigan won the war and then Ohio was awarded Toledo. So yep. as losing, you won Toledo. Yeah. Toledo's all right. Toledo's got cool stuff. Class I think City. So too. Yeah. It's definitely. You got the mud hens. Yeah. Triple A. I mean, and you could be Come on. 
Tony Paco's. Tony Paco's. Uh, yes. San Marcos, which is a little that Mexican awesome. restaurant. Yes, yes. Like it's in a place where like like you shouldn't go. Yes. Looking there's like a better you one look. now. But oh, is there two now? Yes. Oh, I there's just go one. to the. Yeah. Well, there's the one. one like, <laughs> I know which one. Yeah, you know which one. Oh, I know which so one. So you pull. It looks like it's a grocery store, right? And I'm you like, walk in Hola. and you and you're like, oh, the, this is. A, but then you go to the back. <laughs> yes. And there's seriously, yes. it's like a roller door. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, it's like, like the big warehouse roller door. Yeah, yeah. And then you walk into the huge the restaurant. restaurant. Yeah, yeah. But the food is well, amazing. I, I'm also laughing because I wanted to look it up, the Ohio versus Michigan war over Toledo, mm-hmm. just to see what was happening. So uh, dispute back and forth, so on and so forth. Michigan wanted to bring the Toledo Strip uh, into its boundaries when it petitioned for statehood. But these last two uh-oh. During the summer of 18, uh, 1836, Congress proposed a compromise whereby Michigan gave up its claim to the Strip in exchange for its statehood and approximately three-quarters of the Upper Peninsula. The compromise was considered a poor outcome for Michigan. Voters in a state convention in September soundly rejected the proposal. In December 1836, the Michigan government, facing a dire financial crisis and pressure from Congress and President Andrew Jackson, called another convention called the Frostbitten Convention, which accepted the compromise that resolved the Toledo War. The later discovery of copper and iron deposits in the plentiful and the plentiful timber of the Upper Peninsula more than offset Michigan's economic loss surrendering Toledo. Uh, I would like to say really quickly that um, I think instead of the Frostbitten Compromise, it should have been called the Enchanted Mitten Compromise. I like it. The Enchanted Mitten Compromise. Yep, so really quickly. If you know the first exit in Toledo as Alexis Road. Yes, that's my exit. <laughs> okay, you're, you're around some clubs. That's all I'm going to oh, say. Oh, yeah. The red light you know is strange, baby. No, no, no. no, no I know. Yeah. Yeah. Other time, like. No, I know. No, like, like, come to the stage right now, guys. Destiny. I'm here. <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm talking dollar bill clubs. Yeah, no, we yeah, know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, it's so funny that you guys mentioned strip clubs, and that's when all you guys are just like, hey. Listen, if I'm giving girls working at places on Alexis a dollar, they better be giving me change. (laughs) You don't want any change. No, I do. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because you don't want to know where that came from. I'm not going to put it in my mouth or anything. (laughs) Just your wallet. Hey. Not coins. I'm going to use them to buy. But yeah, totally red light district around there. Tons of motels. It's almost... Freaky when you actually look at it. It's like yeah, it's yeah. like take Isn't the stretch it? of Michigan Avenue from like Beach Daily to like Mirror. Well, we know what you're talking about. about. Yeah, <laughs> like like I, we're I, just I, motel I, strip club, motel exactly. strip take club. That, <laughs> yeah, no, that. that's literally no, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then just like stretch it out for like and make it Telegraph miles. Road, yeah. and there yeah. we are, baby. <laughs> but your strip clubs are also in strip malls, so it's like Hallmark. Yes, so yeah, it's like strip club, <laughs> Hallmark strip club, China One strip club. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Adult books, abandoned books, yes. abandoned blockbusters, yes. yeah. yeah. family yeah, video. It's <laughs> so the Christian bookstore, right. strip yeah. club. I would totally, if that was true, I would the totally church of what's happening now. <laughs> I would totally hit the Hallmark store and get like a congratulations card. And then get like a little pocket Bible and then go to the strip club. Yes. That, that would be what I give her. I'd be like, Congratulations on the nudity. Congrats. <laughs> so, that, so, not to be mean, but I think Toledo, Alexis Road, I think. Oh, that. yeah. Oh, me too. It's no big. Now, Ken seems like a good guy. Have you been Alexis Road? Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I love this. Been, yeah, but now, now think about it. <laughs> He's like, I had to drive through there on my way to church one time. Exactly. That's, you'd be, you'd be is. lying to your family. You'd be lying to your grandma. Be like, what road are you on? You'd be like, the turnpike. Why? <laughs> you never say Alexis. Nope. You never say yeah, Alexis. You never say telegraph. telegraph. Nope. Yeah. You just take telegraph down. You'll hit all the good spots. Yeah, you will. <laughs> yeah, uh, Alexis in Telegraph Road. There is one on there on the right. And then across oh, the street, yeah. there's another one. So yeah. you get up Kitty Corner. Brad knows oh, where all the great casinos are right? in Vegas and where all the strip clubs are yeah. everywhere <laughs> around the world. Yep. Come on. We were all 18 once, 19, 20, 21, 22, 27. I don't know. But I, I, I don't <laughs> That's when I get cut it out, dude. That's when I cut it out. In general, like I've been down Alexis, so I know in general they're there. I wouldn't have been able to tell you like, oh, yeah, there's one right at the corner of Telegraph Oh, and there's Alexis, three. And right. If you go across the street. And then one down for I mean, I'm not Telegraph by La Fiesta. So there's like four and then tons of motels right in the way. That yeah. and they're known yeah. for payday advance places. Yes. Like, oh, here, my God. Cashland. What's up? Up here. Uh, so I worked for a payday advance company at one time and they were based out of Mason, Ohio. Vampire. Uh, right. Exactly. <laughs> when I first worked there, they weren't even regulated yet. So we charged over 700% interest. But anyways, uh, they were based in Mason, Ohio mm-hmm. because – the favorable Ohio laws. I still go to Toledo and I see them everywhere. Everywhere. everywhere is a check everywhere. cashing payday loan Pawn place. shop. I mean, we got all kinds of stuff like that. It's crazy around there. <laughs> so now tell us some good stuff about Toledo. Um, <laughs> the mud hens, the walleye. Um, downtown is actually pretty cool. There's uptown and downtown, two different parts. I went to an art school in actually downtown area and that wasn't bad. It was a great experience. So. I mean, there's cool stuff. You just got to find it, you know? What did you study in art? What medium? I technically was a visual artist major, but I mainly majored in photography. Okay. Yeah, so. And you couldn't help Jimmy at all with this? No, I totally can. You guys set this up a little weird. Exactly. (laughs) I'm kidding. You guys are fine. They're getting my bag. That's all we have. Hey, Brad's bag. It's it's all we have. And they they took out the little snack tray that we were able to put it on top of. It's gone. It disappeared. Somebody took it. Poof. There was yeah. a snack tray? Yeah, there was a little snack tray thing that we set up when we set it up over here last time. We put the tripod on, um, but it's gone, and like it just disappeared out of the studios. So somebody Weird. took it. Well, thankfully, yeah. it's gone because I'm cutting weight. So. Yeah. <laughs> was, well, there wasn't anything in it. It was just, a, was there actually snacks in it? No, no, a snack tray. But, yeah. You know, like a, a, a snack tray, what you put like a dinner TV on, like you're going to TV dinner tray. It's oh. called a snack tray. No, it's called a TV tray. Yeah, no, TV it's called tray, totally. it's called a snack tray. It's called a, a TV, TV tray. tray. All right, I'm looking it up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna go to our last break, and on the other side, we're gonna have Marcos uh, joining us really quickly. Boom, snack tray. You're listening to the Undercard Hand Combat Radio. Welcome back to the Undercard. It is officially episode 222. We are going to be uh, joined by Rhonda Marcos right now. So we're going to call her. Hello? Hello, is this Rhonda? Yep, this is. Hi, this is Brad. You're live on the undercard. How are you today? Good, thanks. How are you? Good. We are joined by UFC fighter Randa Marcos, who is fighting 
uh, I believe it's February nineteenth uh, or February fourth. I'm sorry, February nineteenth, UFC Fight Night one hundred and five. You're going against your rival. Uh, you know, once again, we're going against Esparza, and it's happening in your home country of this time, Halifax, Nova Scotia. I can't say I've ever made it there. Uh, tell us a little bit about this uh, fight coming up. Um, this is a fight that I've been waiting for for a pretty long time. Um, if you watch the Ultimate Fighter. You'll understand why I really want this fight. Um, she's a tough opponent. She won the Ultimate Fighter. Um, she didn't like, uh, I guess, the way I was uh, quiet on the show and stuff, and she just decided I'd be an easy person to pick on, and also I beat her friend, uh, Philly Herrig. So, um, yeah, um, they didn't treat me very well, so, but I always thought in the back of my mind that I'm going to get my chance to, to get her back for all of that, and this is my chance. I'm really excited for it. Now, you were on Team Pettis back in the uh, Ultimate Fighter show. Um, tell us a little bit about what that experience was like. We've known a couple people on the show since then um, that are friends with the show. But how did that change your life? And and how is it like to have your life just shown on TV like that, edited like that, and out there for the world to see? The Ultimate Fighter was a huge, huge uh, opportunity for me to get my name out there, to get myself out there. All my fights were, you know, I had a few fights in Canada and then a few fights in uh, in Detroit, uh, in Michigan uh, before that. And, and being, I went to uh, try out for the Ultimate Fighter just, you know, just to see if, if I had a chance. And I, I ended up getting that opportunity to go on the show. It was just, it was completely life-changing. It was a huge uh dream come true just working with Anthony Pettis and his team and being able to be on uh, living in a house with all the top girls in the 115 division uh, um, it, it was a great experience it changed my life around completely and it really helped me open my eyes and see where I stand from you know how I train at home and versus how everybody else is training I got to um, see the difference there and just it was just an awesome experience I'm really really happy I got that chance um, yeah, that's that's about it. Like, I'm really happy I did it. Now you're fighting in the strawweight division, which is one of the most popular divisions now, men or women. The women's strawweight division, a uh, lot of competition there, a lot of attention there. Um, is this? Are you comfortable being a strawweight? Is this where you're going to be your whole career? Um, and besides that. I don't want you to look ahead and, and call anybody out, but talk about how, how tough of a division this has become for the UFC. This has become a huge, uh, crazy division. You know, all the girls in the Ultimate Fighter, you know, we were all great and everything, but there's so many out there that nobody's heard of that are coming out, like Joanna Jajacek. Like, she wasn't even on the Ultimate Fighter, and, and she's, you know, she's holding on to the title for, for a pretty long time now. Um, it's a great division. It's a tough division. I'm I'm... Uh, personally, I want to stay in the 115 weight class. In the future, maybe things will change, but right now, I'm happy with being at the 115 weight class, and I'm still looking forward to making my way up to the title. Now, you're a fan favorite. I think it's uh, your personality. Um, besides your personality, um, what do you think people like about you as a fighter? Um, I'm I'm kind of I'm real, you know. I I don't. Uh, pretend to be anybody I'm not. If people don't like me, well, that's that's fine. That's their choice, their opinion of me, whatever. Um, I just I'm just myself. I I don't like the whole, you know, picking on people or or uh, 
bullying people or, you know, calling people out, talking shit about people. I just don't believe in that. I think if you, if you have a problem with somebody, get in the cage and settle it in the cage. That's the only way to do it. You know, there's no point in, in going on, you know, Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and just talking shit about each other. I think, I think that's a big thing. You know, I'm, I'm just a real person. If, if I have a problem with you, we'll go in the cage and we'll settle it. Now, speaking of that, we, we talked about your uh, rivalry with uh, Esparza. I mean, is it safe to say you really don't like her? Because it seems like there is a little bit of uh, tension there, obviously. But Or is it a mutual respect that this, this fight's going to settle something and at the end of the day uh, maybe you can move past this uh, rivalry? Um. It, it, it has a lot to do with the way she treated me behind the scenes and like, like things that they didn't show on TV. Um, I don't hate her, I guess. I just like, I don't feel like, um, I, I don't know. I just didn't accept the fact that someone could be treated so badly for doing nothing at all, you know? And I feel like, you know, your time's going to come and, and this is, this is the time. This is the time to, to finally get that chance to punch her in the face. And I'm going to, I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, she can just, do all that stuff and think that it's just going to wipe away after a few years. I mean, I respect her completely as a fighter. Um, she's an awesome wrestler. She was a champ at one point. I mean, uh, you know, as a fighter, I respect everybody, but as a person, I would never, I, I would obviously I'll get over this, but I mean, I don't think I could ever be friends with her. I just don't like her personality. I understand that completely. I respect Jimmy, but I want to punch him in the face most of the time. <laughs> right? <laughs> now, I asked this uh, to everybody that's at the top of the game. You, you're in the UFC. We're, we're sitting next to a fighter here who's fighting at the Joe Louis Arena who, who probably one day wants to be in the UFC. There's video games of the UFC. Uh, there's Bud Light posters with the UFC. Do you ever just sit back and kind of realize that no matter what happens going forward, you are at the top of your profession and not many people get to look around and be at the top of their profession. I mean, you, I would say that if I wasn't in the UFC, I would wish that I was there and everything, but once you're there, it's, it's not enough to me personally. I don't think it's enough. I need to see it. You know, I need to give it everything I have and really make a chance, uh, a run for the belt. I, I, you know, that's why I stick around it. I, I'm 31 years old. I'm hoping to have kids one day. I'm hoping to, you know, settle down and everything. And the reason why I'm not doing that is because I want more. You know, this isn't enough for me. Now, tell us a little bit about your camp. Uh, give a shout out to some of your trainers and stuff. How, how is this camp a little bit different than camps you've had in the past? And how are you feel um, about this camp? Sorry. Yeah, it's a, it's a little different from the past. The past I was... Uh, from a, a gym and, and working out of a gym completely, but now I'm I'm not representing any gym in particular. I'm I'm working at Empire Boxing, working with uh, Coach Glove, and then I'm going to uh, a local wrestling club here in Windsor, and I'm wrestling there. And then I'm I'm working jujitsu with my jujitsu coaches, and I'm doing my strength and conditioning at a separate gym. Everything's separate, and I'm going where I need to go to get what I need to get. And I'm not like from a, a certain gym. You know, it's just, it's a lot different than what I used to before, but I feel like I'm getting what I need to get. Now, the national pastime in Canada is uh, hockey. Uh, who'd you grow up uh, rooting for? I mean, you're you're in the Windsor area, but also um, uh, the Red Wings are, have a huge influence over there. Who'd you grow up as uh, liking in hockey? 
Honestly, I hate hockey. <laughs> oh, oh I'm a horrible, God. horrible Canadian. You know you're getting deported now and you're coming over the States. I know, I know. I, I can't, I don't know, it's something about hockey, I just can't get into it. You know, I, I watch WWE wrestling and stuff like that, but not hockey. I, I just can't get into it. Now you're talking our language. WWE, did you watch the Royal Rumble? Uh, I, I used to watch, uh, wrestling back in the day. Not anymore. Oh, so, watch that stuff so anymore. you're saying you're outgrew it and me, Jimmy and Marv have not outgrown it yet. Yeah. Okay, that's, cool. <laughs> that's cool. Who, well, who was your favorite back in the day? Like, um, was it Rikishi, the, um, triple X guy? Oh, uh, I forget. Oh, triple you know, H? Yeah. Too, and, um, I don't know. The rock was one of my favorite and still is, um, you know, you're not making oh, any Canadian forget. friends. You left out the Hart family. They were the Canadians. <laughs> oh, Hart, yeah, Nolan. yeah. The Hart. It, man, it's been a while. <laughs> I, I don't even know. I, I, They might kick you out of Canada. I'll be honest. I mean, you, I you left the Hart family out there, and then you just you just said that about hockey. Well, I want to appreciate you, uh, you giving us a few minutes. I know I'm going to be watching your fight. Uh, Nova Scotia, tell us a little bit about that really quick. Uh, is it very rural up there or is it, is it, is it a big fight community or will the whole town be at this event? Uh, I went to, um, Halifax a few years back as just a guest, uh, for one of the UFC events and the crowd is amazing. We got a, a crazy, you know, a uh, Canadian crowd out there. I'm really excited to go back there. I have a lot of, uh, fans out there and I'm so glad to have this fight, you know, with, one of the people that you know I wanted to fight for a long time. I got I get to fight her in Canada as, as well, and having all that support behind me, it's a it's a beautiful place. It's a little chilly, but it's a beautiful place, and I'm really excited to go back. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the undercard for uh, the quick interview. I know you're in camp, and uh, I wanted to keep it short, but uh, we're talking Marcos uh, Marcos first Esparza. It's happening February 19th. It's UFC Fight Night 105. Thank you so much for joining us, Randa. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Take care, and I know you got this one. Thanks. Bye. All right. That is Randa Marcos. Um, We lost our producer, so I don't know if the phone call cut out or not, but um, UFC Fight Night 105. You know, Fight Nights have become so big that they're in the triple digits now of having you know, 105, I remember when they were in the 20s, the 30s, UFC, man. They're just rolling out events after events after events. I've never been to Nova Scotia, though. Is Nova Scotia the one that's like a half hour? They're on like a half hour time difference? Like, I got a picture the whole town goes to the event. I'm not sure. Nova yeah. Scotia isn't just a town. It's a... No, no, I know. Province. But like, like, um, I mean, there's not a lot of people in Alberta. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe everyone goes to the event. Her not liking hockey, though. She might, That's weird. She might be on her way over here. Well, she better <laughs> hurry. What about uh, not even liking the Hart brothers, too? Owen and No, Brett? It's, she didn't say she didn't like them. She just didn't remember them. <sighs> Maybe she's into the curling and uh, the lacrosse. They're also big in curling and lacrosse. <laughs> you know? Maybe that's it. Would you, would, uh, really quickly, are you familiar with uh, Ken Curling? I am not, honestly. Really you know, just every four years you don't check out the Winter Olympics and watch curling? <laughs> they, get where they, His, they, they slide the rock down. Oh, And they went the, okay, with okay, the okay. push roots. Okay. Yeah. I used, yeah. To, uh, I used to check that out when I was a little kid for some reason. I was like, oh, this is interesting. They, like, made yeah. bocce ball cooler. I mean, like, <laughs> it's just like Canada is just so cool. Did you ever, were you ever watching it and, like, just be, just go, white people? 
<laughs> was that ever like you? You was, can be honest. I mean, it, it was weird at first. Like, why are they sliding? Yeah, this yeah. ball material. I, and I'm gonna just, tell you why. Because white people <laughs> with the brooms. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> white people. <laughs> just, just, just that's what it is. The things you guys do. Uh, exactly, right? Exactly. I, you know, I, I don't care how comfortable I am with uh, Marv, Jimmy, or anybody else in this room that's male, but I will not do two man luge. I will never do two man luge. <laughs> Maybe, I don't want to be the top. I don't want to be the bottom of that. <laughs> uh, Ring Girls got to look it up. Two man luge. Just check out you, the position. Do you, you ever. Uh, L U G E. You ever see Robin Williams, uh, his stand-up special where he talks about, um, you know, the luge and the two-man luge or whatever? <laughs> he's like, he's like, and what kind of demented German gynecologist came up with the luge? I know. I shall strap an, uh, an ice skate to my ass or dress like a sperm, strap an ice skate to my ass and go balls first down an ice chute. Yeah, that will be fun. Mm-hmm. And don't get me started on the two-man luge. Whoa, boys, get a room. Oh, it looks really close. Uh, you gotta be close to your teammate. Yes, and uh, you're wearing spandex, so if anything goes wrong, yep, yeah, you're in, you're in a moment. I would actually never disagree. See I would what say goes that, up? I would say you don't have to be close to your teammate. I would say that you would want to not talk to them you when you're not on the luge. I would think that it's just doing no eye contact. Like How I don't, think, I don't think you could do the two man luge. Like Jimmy and I could not do the two man luge and then like just sit across the table from each other. Right? I know. I wish you guys Stop. could see this. <laughs> Two man luge, so dirty. <laughs> Show Rochelle. You will never see me do that. Yeah, ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. ever. Yeah, see, that's another one where you just got to go white people. And the wives. <laughs> oh my God. And the wives. You know, like, well, actually, across the entire Winter Olympics like, just makes the guy go white people. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of crazy. I know what uh, you've been doing in that luge. Profound. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you've been doing up in that mountain when she confronts him oh. about it. I know what you've been doing up on that ice hill. I know what you've been doing in that tiny box. What were you guys thinking? It's, it's kind of crazy. So um, I do a lot of sports, and I actually do a little, a little bit of snowboarding. Okay. Oh, really? You know, wow. Bit, you know, I'm still learning the basics of it, but I like snowboarding. That's yeah. a big, huge Winter Olympic sport. Yeah. At any time during snowboarding, are you afraid that another man is going to feel your boner <laughs> in his back? Well, there's never a guy. There you go. <laughs> two, two man storyboarding. <laughs> shift with me. Shift with right? me. Like you just got to think that about was. baseball the whole way down the ice. But the, the thing about two man loses. <laughs> that like so, you know they have they have two man bobsledding, but then there's also four man bobsledding. Mm-hmm. But if you can do something with two man bobsledding, it means the other two people in the bobsled when they're pushing it, it's very irrelevant. Those two that sit in the middle, the one that don't drive, mm-hmm. and the one that's not in the back, like. They're they're getting a free ride to an Olympic Aren't battle if they're they, on though? a good team. Right. And the two-man luge, once again, somebody's in control of that, and the other guy is just literally the – I don't even – somebody look up what's the position name oh, for yeah. the guy on top. But he's just there for a ride. Uh, that's the top. That's his name. His position is top. <laughs> Hold on. I'm right. looking it up. Or pitcher. Catcher. <laughs> or just white people. <laughs> White people. Uh, I believe. I believe his position is honky. Is, I'm not mistaken. Luge is just a dude laying down on top of another dude. Is what this says. That is, that is true. Two man luge. 
Um, you got to pay extra for that on yeah. Alexis Road. That, Aerodynamics how... of doubles work best with a taller top man and shorter bottom man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but the question is, is top the question is, is he a power bottom? <laughs> oh Two man lose a love story. I wish I were Two joking. Two man lose a love story. Can we buy that from Amazon? Please. My ears are bleeding. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's, it's sometimes called get the wrong end of the stick in pieces like this. What? Oh I don't even know. I'll anymore. tell you what. The Germans are the best at it, though. They, they like are. our number one everywhere. A uh, proud or not? Well, actually, yeah, two man lose. The United States is number four mm. in the world. So. <laughs> Right behind Italy, go for here. Position name. I would have. I would have. Yeah. Guessed, I would have guessed Greece would be up there in the I two man luge. Top position name of a luge. That's what I'm saying. Look at no? street luge. Street luge. <laughs> no, that's just uh. gay sex. That's all that is. In the street. <laughs> fatal accidents. Oh my God, there were fatal accidents. But how do you become the top? Like you're not good at luging, Brad, well, at all. So <laughs> you do, you want to try two man? You want to Leon Marv? I guess. Do I lose my Olympic money if I don't? Yeah, you got to kind of lay on Marv. Okay. <laughs> Actually, that's the way many people get. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Governing body? What does that mean? That's, that's the, the people. There's got to be a position name. Yeah. Oh, I know. I can't find it. It's no, not there on isn't. Wikipedia. It's just the top guy. The top guy. It's yeah. so not bottom, scientific. I guess. Yeah. You know? And you know how like Bob Costas every year breaks down it. Like, yeah. let's go to Marvin Brad. Brad's the top guy of the luge. Let's uh, interview Brad right now. What do you do actually? I just sit on Marv and ride the whole sled down. Marv kind of <laughs> steers us. Sometimes it says they use their calf muscles for this. Marv, what do you? That's do? why they're wrapped around muscles. each other. Marv, yeah, what do you do? Crazy. Try not to pop a boner. <laughs> That would be the worst thing I could hear, too, is it? If we were at the end of the hill and you'd be like, Brad, don't get up yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the spandex, uh, yeah. don't get up yet, Brad. <laughs> Actually, what you, would hate to hear, on here. what you would hate to hear is at the beginning, it was to hear me say, Brad, you have really soft skin. Yeah. <laughs> or, I love you in the or, spandex. Your, your, your hands are real soft like a lady. <laughs> <laughs> or, we're interviewed at the end of the race. Well, it was pretty tough because our sled broke around to turn one, and you know it was kind of riding up on me. And Marvin, lean over. Our sled didn't break. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Marvin, what about that? How do you feel about the sled break? It never broke. <laughs> it didn't break at all. I, you know, it, it made it uncomfortable the whole oh, ride geez. because we had the sled jamming up into us, and uh, sled didn't break. No, we didn't. It's fine. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Like this, this thing is solid. <laughs> Wow. Be in so, the hotel room. You want to practice? I was <laughs> I guess I was curious. I was curious what the, the urban dictionary uh uh definition of luging was. Oh god. What is wrong with actually, you? Actually, <laughs> actually it's not what you think it is. Oh no, really? It's a type of driving style. The driver puts his seat into a fully reclined position and proceeds to drink and drive. Oh, Typically, okay. luging takes place at speeds over 70 miles per hour. The driver must be must fully lay down and drink alcohol while driving. Luging is typically frowned upon. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I got to bring it back. February 4th. It's happening. Fight night at the Joe. Uh, you can get tickets from Ticketmaster.com, uh, or you can walk uh, up to the box office and get tickets. Come check out the event. Uh, Ken, who do you want to give a shout-out to? Thank uh, Shout-out a few people. First, my coach, James Benito, because without him, I would not become the fighter I am today. 
Uh, my teammates from Stars and Strikes, one of the best gyms in Michigan. Uh, big shout out to my family, you know, my grandmother, my dad, my brothers, all of them. Uh, my church, Woodside, Detroit, thanking them for the support they give me and everybody that's come to the fight. You know, I appreciate the love and support. And uh, you can follow me on Facebook at uh, Ken Wolfmack Hunt. That's my fan page. Or just look up Ken Wolfmack and that's my regular page. And uh, I just want to thank everybody. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Oh, we, we had a blast, have you. Hopefully you come back after a victory and Almost done. come chill, chill with us again. Yeah, no doubt about we it. We got a lot of people to bring thank. food. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> That's right. Ribs. Uh, full slab. Yeah, bring ribs next time. Ribs yeah. and cheesecake. Yes. Yeah. Ribs, ribs, and cheesecake. ribs and cheesecake. That's oh, right. Uh, <laughs> so we got a lot of people to thank. Really quickly, uh, the American Lugeing Association. <laughs> the German. I also, the, I, and then the German. I, I also found out another term for it, but I'm not going to say it. Oh, no, 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 no. If it, it will, if it will cost us a Lugeing uh, sponsorship. Probably. It. It'll cost us a lot of sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> the Rosebud Company won't give us sled money anymore. Right. We'll be in trouble. Uh, I want to thank Joseph Donofrio. Uh, longtime promoter. He's got uh, Fight Night at the Joe. It's happening Impact Fight League. Uh, once again, it's this Saturday, February 4th, 7 p.m. I want to thank the main event, Ken Wolfmack Hunt, for joining us in studio. Hopefully you had some fun. I want to thank uh, Randa Marcos, who is actually fighting February 19th in Halifax, Nova Scotia, uh, versus, uh, once again, Esparza, her rival. And then uh, that cover everybody, right? That's everybody. Oh, Ring Girl Destiny, too. Uh, who you yes. can actually catch uh, the Saturday actually yep. at the Joe Lewis Arena, I'm too. excited. So, everybody, thank you so much. We will be back next week recapping. And then I actually know who's on next week, too. But you know what? Find us on Facebook, and I'll post all that good information down the road. Thank you, everybody, for thank joining you. us. Uh, stay safe on those luges. <laughs> <laughs>